Bottoms on top. I'm Prakash. And I'm Andreas. And we're happy to have you. Hi, listeners. Today is our last episode of Bottoms on Top as we know it. As we know it. Oh my God. Wexler Studio is literally my home. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm so being evicted. <laughs> I'm really emotional today, and I'm going to wait like five minutes before I start getting super emotional. Period. Let's but... go back to our music podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that today. No more. Whew. But Prakash, we're we're no longer going to be on Bottoms on Top because we're graduating. We're seniors. I just like, it's not really hitting me yet that this is like my last time in this, in this studio. It's really not hitting me. And I think that, I don't know, Bottoms on Top has just been such a great thing mm-hmm. for me just while at Penn. Not to get too sappy, yeah. but I truly think Bottoms on Top was like the only project I really was kind of like passionate or really loved while I was here. And yeah, it just like became my thing. And I really loved doing it, really got into it. And it's just been fun. A logistics I've, queen was Logistics born. queen was born. And I don't know, I've met a lot of cool people from bringing them on the show. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've developed like a cool voice for myself, if I do say so myself. And... I feel like my pen experience would not be the same without Bottoms on Top. Would you say it's contributed to your personal brand identity? (laughs) Oh, I would say my personal brand is now in a little bit of a crisis. I need a new personality. I'm not going to have a podcast. Yeah, period. Who am I without this? I was literally like updating my Twitter bio this morning and I was like, wow, I can't say podcast host in this anymore. It's crazy. I need a new personality now and I need a new channel to talk all my shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the five minutes at the beginning of the podcast was literally my time to be like, I did nothing this week. However, you're going to hear about it. Like, Period. Uh, but I kind of love that. I think it kind of just taught me that I'm the type of person who may not want to be, who may want to be part of something larger, but do my own thing within that. And I yeah. think that podcasts at the DP have literally provided that avenue for me to do my own thing but also something bigger. The self-realization. Period. And I'm not going to act like I'm the OG. We know that John Holmes and Ian Jong, the original two hosts of Bottoms Truly. on Top, were the masterminds behind this beautiful show. But mm. like everything, when people leave, things change. So I'm talking about what we did to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and our impact. I will say this episode is entirely about us. So get ready. Oh, this episode is going to be great, listeners. So we have a segment where we're basically going to invite two good friends on to just complain, sound off, and just air our final thoughts about things happening at Penn. You'll hear from Sage and Julia. Later on, we'll introduce two new Bottoms on Top hosts. Stay Mm. tuned for that announcement. We also have an exclusive interview with Penn alum and queer journalist Ernest Owens. It's a piece that I'm working on for class, but I decided to debut it here on Bottoms on Top. And, of course, Nick will join us for the final segment of Silly Faggot Corner. This episode's going to be crazy. Crazy. A lot of content packed in. But before all of that, how do you feel about graduating, Prakash? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know. Like, I still haven't even bought my academic regalia. Like, I haven't <laughs> booked my dinner dates with my parents. Like, your girl is lagging on, like, the whole graduation train 
So I think like where I'm currently at is I'm like, there are things that I have planned to do immediately after graduation that I'm excited for. There are things before graduation that I would like to wrap up. And that's it. That's like all I have so far. <laughs> I like realize that a lot of the people that I'm interacting with on a daily basis, I will not be interacting with on a daily basis. And that's scary. I so I've kind of like scary. deferred that thought for a little while. I think that's the best way is to just like not think about it. Yeah. You know, I feel like the other time when I graduated from school, which mm. was high school, right. there was like this rush to kind of create a sense of closure where like you're signing people's yearbooks and you're yes. going to like these goodbye parties when your friends go to school. And I don't really want that here. Mm-hmm. I will obviously sort of like miss the life and friends that I've built around Penn and Philly when I move but I don't want to have this like sense of closure from like social circles upon graduating Mm -hmm. because I would like to hope that they can continue afterwards you know regardless of where people go and those that will keep in contact will keep in contact Mm -hmm. and will remain friends you know yeah I'm just like I feel like things are evolving rather than stopping like you know and I want to see how things shift and not like be too quick to like put a label on what's changing and what's not. Right. Also, to be quite frank, Prakash, we're going on a little vacation together this summer. Oh yeah, so exactly. I will see you yes. <laughs> plenty of times this summer. I will be coming to your housewarming. Yes. It's gonna be <laughs> we'll July Fourth barbecue. Let's go, listeners. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, excited for our little vacation this summer, which I need it. I Ooh, need it. I need a Roman holiday. Uh, Take your medication, Roman. Take a short vacation, Roman. I have not, like, traveled for, like, fun since, like, the summer Mm. of last year. So I am, I'm tied. (laughs) I'm not tired. I'm tied. I'm tied. (laughs) But after graduation, you'll be, I feel like the evolution makes sense for you, though. Yeah, I guess I'm in the same place, technically. Yes. Um, Which is kind of exciting. It's like, it's like a weird middle ground where you're, like, I'm going to be making, like, a new life in the same place. Um, And, like, I want to be really intentional about that. Like, I want it to feel like I'm doing something different between this year and next, even though I'm literally going to be, like, on this campus, like, working here. So, yeah, I don't know exactly how to, like, vocalize or verbalize what I'm going to be doing other than saying that I'm living in a different place. It'll be pretty. Well, I think that's okay. Yeah. And I think that that gives you space to sort of almost like refine who you are now rather than feel the pressure to like recreate it. Right. For me, I'm moving to Seattle, a city that I've like never visited mm-hmm. and never really thought about moving to. Right. So for me, after graduation, it really just feels <laughs> random in the, <laughs> in the like most serious sense of the word where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to a new city and I don't know what to expect. I know some people there. I don't know a lot of people there. Yeah. So it feels like there's a little bit more of a pressure to have a more dramatic evolution or maybe shock myself and not change at all. Mm. (laughs) Who knows? Keep that personal brand. Who knows? (laughs) But before all that happens, before we leave, there is one loose end we need to tie up. There are a lot of people who make Bottoms on Top happen, happen, and we always thank the Kelly Writers House. But one person has been producing bottoms on top with us literally for ever and that is producer nick seymour nick would you like to jump in the studio real quick welcome nick hello how about you just like tell our listeners what's it like watching us through this plexiglass screen (laughs) i mean i i think i was probably 
doing the engineering for maybe the very first Bottoms on Top podcast, like the maybe the first episode, definitely most of the first season. Mm. And I mean, honestly, it's wild. I mean, I get to hear everything. The listeners do not know what actually goes <laughs> the on blooper here. Reels. Um, Nick gets two hours of content. <laughs> I get I get the full the full view of everything, and uh, it is wild. I mean, uh, you don't get to hear me uh, in in Prakashan Andreas's ear. Uh, <laughs> Scolding them. Um, yeah, Nick is the voice in my head. <laughs> period. This podcast I've always thought was great for this space because I mean, like, Kelly Writer's House is already sort of a queer space. There's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of of LGBTQ employees here, and a lot of people who hang around. So I think people really like enjoy like the energy of this of this whole thing, the chaos of it all. The whole... My heart is big. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I feel like it could be fun to, like, hear a little bit about how you have experienced Bottoms on Top change since you were here, like, so early in its conception. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I did not know if it would last. But I think think it has become more professional in the sense that like not that what you're talking about is is like <laughs> it's you're not you're not NPR or anything but like you've got your shit figured out and it's it's something that people want to listen to but i think i think the great thing about it is that each of the hosts bring something new and a different voice and i think that's that's just really cool cuz i mean like going back to like John and Ian is different than you guys but but having that tie to them and like that sort of thing is really cool. Period. I was talking to Prakash about this the other day, and um, or was I? Maybe I thought I talked to you about it, but <laughs> I was basically just thinking, and I was like, "Bottoms on Top has talked about sex like way less in this season specifically." Oh yeah, and <laughs> we did talk about this. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it, right? Yeah. And I was like, "That's like one of the, I guess like the big changes that mm-hmm. from the podcast," and I think that's just because. We have less sex. Than we John have and less Ian. sex, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, oops, <laughs> oops. <laughs> and I oop, and I oop. But that's it. Like, that's, I think that's cool that like it can change and still have that sort of salacious title, if you will, yes. and then go on, you know. Yeah, and I think I think that's gonna help with like its longevity. I mean, mm. there's there's been plenty of podcasts that have come through this studio that have not lasted and i think being able to like find something new but like keep the same like spirit and energy of it is is what's going to make it last and i'm excited to i'll be a listener for the new hosts and like we're gonna we're gonna see where it goes next yeah that's on period well nick thanks for hopping in today yeah of course all right, listeners, we have a very packed show for you today. Next up, we're going to have Nick with his silly faggot corner, and then we're going to hear a couple of final thoughts, a.k.a. some sound-offs from me, Andreas, and two of our longtime fans, Julia and Sage. After that, we have an exclusive interview with Ernest Owens, a queer journalist here in Philly, and a pen alum. And then, at the very end, we're going to reveal who our new bottoms are. Stay tuned. Whatever. Okay, welcome back, listeners. Today we are back with Nick for Silly Faggot Corner. Hello, Nick. Howdy, y'all. Today we're switching things up. We're going to do 
like fuck Mary Kill. All right, all right, all right. So for the last installment of this of our careers, I'm so lucky to have been here on Faggot Corner for two years. It's been great. Um, I a local, just, a regular, a local, literally a local, a local, <laughs> a, a local in Wexler. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just have a short list of some things, and I've divided them into categories, so mm. you can maybe catch my drift or mm. where I'm going. You know, uh, better comprehend the issue at hand. Um, so first up, we have fuck, Mary kill, campus resources. We have CAPS, SHS, and student intervention services. Mm-hmm. What, if, <laughs> what if we kissed a cap? <laughs> <laughs> you have to go without something <laughs> with one of these. What if we kissed on the cis line? <laughs> Period. I think I'm killing student health services. Mm. Period. The degeneracy. <laughs> I, I will. I will kill student health happily. Um, I think that I will fuck student intervention services. The energy that that (laughs) the energy the chaos might come out of that like sexual intercourse i would like to see it the chaos yeah i have to take a leave of absence (laughs) (laughs) and i think i would marry caps um it'd be a nice quiet setting Mm. and the person answering the phone being like hi how are you can you sign in here please thank you like (laughs) the hushed caps voice I, mm, I feel like I would marry student intervention, Period. the amount of like the daily stories, you mm. know, I'm in it for the stories at the end of the day. Um, I would, I was going to originally say that I would fuck SHS, but that just feels like a biohazard to me. So I oh. just got to kill it. I just, we're going to, we're going to kill it. Sterilize. <laughs> Sterilize. I'm about to kill him. I'm about to. <laughs> about to so, come out with mumps. Came out shooting. So that leaves fucking caps, which, you know, one time thing. Let's go. That's how it is for most people anyway. Oh, <laughs> that's how they prefer you to get yeah. the caps. Yes. Too. <laughs> they only can support you for one meeting. Yes. Am I right? They, they fuck me and then they refer me to the next one. <laughs> Period. <sighs> okay. Next up we have, um, I'm going to call them campus activists. Um, <laughs> the locust walk homophobes with the loudspeaker. <laughs> the, the Jehovah's Witnesses outside of Frogro, <laughs> and those crunchy white people who always try to sell you meditation books outside McDonald's. Oh, I'm killing the the white people. They're fucking gone. Killing the crunchy whites. Fucking killing McDonald's. I would, I would marry the Jehovah's Witnesses. I think they're actually really sweet, <laughs> and sometimes they give me free like nature oats, valley oats, nature valley. That one, nature valley. Um, which means I'm gonna fuck. The, the preachers and I would like to do that again the chaos the fieriness yes and I would wear a strap on because I don't know that I would want to want to top them physically but I feel like I would want to top them for the power I put a strap on my strap so I a strap, strap on my while strap. I strap <laughs> period I, I think I agree with you Prakash I think so um, I have some Issues fucking the campus homophobes, but wouldn't be the first homophobe I fucked. Um, <laughs> and that's on period love. That's that. Mm. Okay, next up we have free stuff on campus. Fuck Mary Kill, LGBT Center Chapstick, the coloring books that they give you at the CAPS intake desk, <laughs> and Wharton <laughs> Behavioral Labs. <laughs> 
I would marry Wharton Behavioral Labs because that's the shmoney, you know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's a clear (laughs) fuck here. There's a clear fuck. (laughs) I'm fucking the coloring book. (laughs) The Crayola. Um, And I'm I'm so sorry. I'm killing the chapstick. (gasps) Oh, well. I love them, but I just got to kill it. Oh, Interesting. Well, I I'm also marrying in behavioral labs. Listen, I'm in it for the long the security, run. A sugar daddy. The security. Period. I want my fifteen dollars plus bonus. Thank you very much. <laughs> I will be fucking the LGBT center chapstick. Mm, and you get some I... mileage out of those. <laughs> you do, and the flavors. The flavors. the flavors. So many, and the caps coloring books. I don't know. They make me feel weird. I kind of feel like mm. I'm like in an Applebee's or a Chili's, and I'm ten. Yeah. Uh, fuck Mary Kill. Uh, free places to eat on campus: Hillel, Wawa, and Pret. <laughs> Pret number one. Yeah, I'm marrying her. Like, period. Marriage to Pret. The quality of the food. The quality. The ease of acquisition as well. The social. <laughs> the social mobility. Free ninety nine. Period. Um. Next. I fucks with Wawa. I fuck with Wawa, and like, I feel like I just have to kill Hillel because I've eaten there like once. Yeah. I literally just went there for like Pride Shabbat. Yeah. That was on period. The teriyaki salmon. Mm. I have not tried options. I would not I would not know this. I think if I if I would have eaten at Hillel more I definitely would have fucked Hillel Mm -hmm. rather than fuck Wawa. However I'm gonna fuck Wawa. But Wawa's a good fuck. Yeah. Quick. Always open. Always open. (laughs) (laughs) Always open. What else do you want? Okay, okay. We have, I'm going to call this the Hellenistic category. (laughs) (laughs) We have Greek life, Greek lady, and the classical Greek concentration in the classics major. (laughs) (laughs) I'm killing Greek lady. I... I, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm sorry, but fries in a stale pita is not food. I'm killing Greek lady. Good night. Good night. So and I, a lot of us are real mad in this studio right now. They taste good. They taste good. But it had to be said. I, it tastes terrible. There's no flavor in that shit. You would kill Greek lady before Greek life. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, how does she die first? It's so She's bad. innocent. Greek it's lady so is bad. so innocent. And Greek life is out here personally victimizing me every day. Precaution would... is to fuck some trade in Greek life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing Greek life. That's on period, love. That's on period. I will marry the Greek classics minor or concentration. As well. I would as well. And I'll fuck Greek lady. Mm. Period. Mm. Fuck, Mary kill. Streets to walk to class on. Spruce, locust, walnut. Some of y'all about to be real mad, but it must be said. I'm killing spruce. Oh, that I will not tolerate. I'm killing I spruce. I would also kill spruce personally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, so there's all <coughs> these food trucks along there, and like walking is almost as bad as locust, except it's not a direct route to class. Mm-hmm. Let the mm-hmm. records show that they both live on chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Yeah, this is like homophobia. which is why I would be marrying Walnut. Ew, close it is, right next to my home. It is dirty. CVS is on the way. CVS is Dude, on the way. CVS. I'm marrying Walnut and I'm fucking Locust. Period. Because when I need Locust, I will take it. Fucking mm-hmm. Locust. It's a gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> 
Last up, we're gonna do fried chicken, and then we're done. I'm done forever and signing off forever. Fuck Mary Kill, Wishbone, Crown Fried Chicken, Pelicana. <laughs> That's dirty. Wait, I'm sorry. This is devious. I would like to report this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this, and I'm in it. I don't know if I want to be on the record with this one. And you will be. I will be. <laughs> I'm going to. Oh shit. I'm killing Wishbone. Mm. I'm fucking Crown Fried. No, fuck. I'm R- gonna backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. I think I'm marrying Crown Fried, yeah. and I'm fucking Pelicana. Yeah, I would also kill Wishbone. I feel like I have to marry Crown Fried. She's just too good to me. I like, don't want to marry Pelicana. I don't yeah, feel the connection yeah. there. Yeah, Pelicana is no. like a dirty little fuck. You're but just the, like, gla- this is the so glazes. Good. The glazes, the glazes. Are beautiful. I just don't feel the emotion for Pelicana that I do with Crown Fried. Yeah. Like that grease. Crown Fried is. I'm a local for Crown Fried. I'm a local for know? Crown Fried, but their sides are. Have you ordered the macaroni there? I have. You that, that is a sin. Also, the that. little, like, Pillsbury biscuits. Like, it's literally, like, the like ones that you get in the roll can at, like, a Frogro. Yeah, I'm not mad. <laughs> and they're, but they're potato wedges. Yes. And I love asking for hot sauce, and you get like the Chinese food packets of hot sauce. Yes. <laughs> oh. And they're 24 hours, girls. Period. It's so good. What if we kissed in a bucket of crown fried chicken? <laughs> and I... We won't need chapstick because it's <laughs> all that grease. <laughs> this is chicken grease. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's all I have for y'all. Nick, oh. thanks so much for four wonderful seasons of being a silly faggot. Mm, it's been real. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, listeners. We're here with two longtime fans of the podcast who just hadn't had a chance to get on until now, which is honestly criminal. Do y'all want to introduce yourselves real quick? Sure. I'm Sage. (laughs) Hi, my name is Julia. (laughs) Sage and Julia are here today so we can sound off and give you some of our final thoughts before we have to pass on the torch. Let's explain what sounding off is first, right? So this is kind of like, tell me what you're mad about. I'm going to comment on it. Let's talk about it. So that's what we're doing. One thing that's made me mad for the, like, total four years at Penn Mm -hmm. are, like, rich kids and small Venmo charges. (laughs) I, I feel like we've all been, like, victimized by this. I remember that this first became an issue freshman year when Uber was, like, a dollar on campuses. And you could basically, like, go from, like, the 10, like, 15 blocks of this campuses or whatever for, like, a dollar anywhere there. And I woke up one morning to a Venmo charge of 33 goddamn cents. Oh <laughs> and I was like, did you get the job? Did you get I'm the man? Did your house get bigger? <laughs> like, what did you gain from this? I think it's, and I think like the irony of it is that I know your father is like literally like owner of the world. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> why do you need to charge me for this? I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but I get so mad about it. But I will pay it because then you look dumb if you don't pay it. I'm also like, you wouldn't ask for three dimes in real life. Like, I feel like Venmo has just enabled this level of pettiness from rich kids. Like, it is Venmo and Venmo alone that is responsible. Mm, I would say my Venmo behaviors change very much the same way over the course of a month, each month. Beginning of the month, I have funds, I'm bawling, and I just Venmo my friends. I'm like, hey, go buy yourself a coffee today. But then 
gets to the end of the month and I have no money. I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and then and then the penny the petty uh Venmo charges jump out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a dollar fifty helps. Sometimes I will say <laughs> I don't know, but is there a number? Is there a Venmo number? Is there a line? I feel like I just operate day to day on my Venmo balance. Mm. So I still have charges from January that say like, oh, you still need to pay like you know, $200 for that bed you borrowed, but I don't have $200 in my Venmo account <laughs> because I'm a data privacy freak and I don't, mm-hmm. what if someone hacked into Venmo and then they hacked into my credit card? So I, I'm like, I'm the person like last Girl, week. Girl, now I'm scared. <laughs> no, 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 last week, like I will be the person to like cover a tab. Like I had a happy hour, 10 people because then I can be like rolling in Venmo money mm-hmm. and then I can pay back. I mean, you've noticed, I'll mm-hmm. pay you back like, Oh, two weeks later because <laughs> this is next level finance. Right <laughs> Julia's like I, didn't I hid these assets in the Caymans and <laughs> my Venmo is actually connected to a routing number to a Swiss bank account. And <laughs> Let's transition a little bit. Sage, we had a conversation mm-hmm. the other day. Yeah. Multiple conversations about the very trendy app CoStar. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So we have ascended from the Cosmo slash pop sugar whatever kind of magazine telling you your horoscope based on your sun sign. We've moved on to bigger, better things, and that is CoStar, which will take your birth date and location and tell you about your whole personality. (coughs) And it does your whole chart. So if you're a novice, it basically tells you where like all the planets were when you were born and what that means for different aspects of your personality. And you can add friends and see if you're compatible or not. And it gives you updates and really, really aggressive notifications. <laughs> like once I got, try screaming <laughs> as my co-star. And, you know, it's it's cool and great because you think, wow, this is really accurate. And then it starts to ruin your life because <laughs> it tells you where you have power, trouble, and pressure. Um, I've had only trouble and pressure for the past like four weeks. <laughs> My social life has literally been pressure for, for weeks. I think like the duration that I've had CoStar on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is literally your social life is in trouble every single week. Yeah. <laughs> and after tavern last night, it's not wrong. <laughs> so it's just like are these self-fulfilling prophecies. Am I going to read this? And then, you know self-sabotage is it confirmation bias am i letting myself act the way i act because co-star says that's who i am am i gonna have to cut you off because we're not compatible should i date you because we are compatible like it's just too much the person i'm seeing right now is incompatible on basic identities love and pressure (laughs) sex and aggression (laughs) philosophies of life moods and emotions intellect and communication oh man like Ink, like frowny face or like straight face? Frowny face. Oh, no. <laughs> well, what now? <laughs> and I'm like... And that's when you just send the screenshot yeah. and then never talk to them again. <laughs> okay, because this is actually just a music podcast, we have to talk about recent music. We would like to discuss the global atrocity, the international implications of which are yet unknown. <laughs> Taylor Swift's Me. Me, because there's an exclamation point at the end. 
Me, featuring Brendan Urie <laughs> of Panic at the Disco. Ooh, chow. How it looked like candy floss. Candy <laughs> my, floss. That's my first question. How does it look like the Cat in the Hat live movie? Like, what <laughs> real people? <laughs> Where they're in like this really plain suburb and everyone drives the same car. I was like, I've seen this before. Yes. In the Cat in the Hat. Like, it looks like that one Pylam bathroom with all the balls. <laughs> oh my God. May it rest in peace. May it rest in peace. Wow. It's just not good. I think that's all that needs to be said. Yeah. It's bad. bad. I would li- I would like to give it minimal airtime. However, it is bad. I w- uh, this might be unpopular. I feel like it looks like the Jonas Brothers, like the video with all of their wives. Mm. Oh, the kinda? sucker video. Sucker. Yes. Oh. I think it looks like Katy Perry's um, one when she's girls? at the, no, 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 when she's at the amusement park. Oh, fire. Oh. No. No, it's like. Birthday. Chain to the Rhythm. Yeah, that one. Oh. And oh. she's like. Oh, that one. Ah. <laughs> Listeners, and that was a live demonstration of what it's like to be on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> a 4D movie. <laughs> Bubbles coming your way. <laughs> Taylor Swift put on this really crazy affectation to make this rhythm of self-love. Andreas, I feel like we have some other affectations we'd like to talk about. So Sage walks into the studio today, and before the mics are rolling, Sage is like, I'm about to steal your wig. <laughs> <laughs> Sage goes, I feel like people's podcast voice are hilarious. Everyone has one, and it sounds nothing like themselves. Andreas says in his podcast voice. <laughs> Literally. Oh. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> totally crazy my podcast voice. Should we like try to speak in our actual voices no. for like, the next two minutes? I would like to see it. I would really like to see it. But I don't know if I can. <laughs> Sage, what's your pod? Describe your podcast voice for us. My podcast voice? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I just try not to think about it because it's really stressing me out to think about. Because as a long, long time listener, I've seen names I'm familiar with, pop on my headphones, listen to them start to talk, and it's always like, hello, thank you for having me. Like Very subtle and sophisticated. I'm like, am I supposed to do that? <laughs> I think just because I have headphones on, I can't really hear myself. Makes mm. me talk differently, but I don't think I'm trying to sound a certain type of way. No, you sound very natural. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I felt attacked when Sage brought that up because I, walking over here from my apartment, I was practicing. My I have like recordings on my phone saying, "Hi, my name is Julia Pan. <laughs> I'm a senior studying cognitive science." Um, and then you just saw right through me. <laughs> but I, I, I don't, okay. I think, I think I'm using my natural voice. I can't tell. It's right not now. a bad thing. I mean, it makes for better listening. Like. Yeah. I feel like it's like the difference between like sugar and caramel. <laughs> oh. You know? No, it's yeah, a good like, analogy. Yeah. Like we burnt it a little. Mm-hmm. And now it's like toasty. <laughs> nice and warm for some intimate commuting listens. <laughs> uh, I feel like though, wait. And push back on this a little bit. Okay. Oh, okay. We we go in and out of different voices on this show. I, I agree. Like, which mm-hmm. is nice um, because other podcasts, like listening to like that very like NPR type voice yeah. where they're like a little bit serious but a little sad also. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Robin Mars and Whoa. this is 99% Invisible. <laughs> wow. That upsets me so much. That I didn't voice. know that he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it's a trend I see more with the guests than with, like, you guys. I think Mm. that's when I think it's the funniest because it's the first time I'm hearing them in that context. Yeah. 
Okay. This is rather tangential to our previous discussion. However, it must be said. (laughs) I have a sound off around badly designed doors. And I would like to give you two examples, listeners. The first, the door on a Toyota Sienna. Because that car is literally the exact same as the Honda Odyssey, except for the fact that it doesn't have an auto-open door. You have to slide that thing, and when you slide it, you got to slam it. So that is example number one. (laughs) All the aunties with the Honda Odysseys looked down on me because I was in that Toyota Sienna going... (laughs) And I was like, this is poverty. Finger guns at Toyota. At Toyota. What if we kissed? (laughs) 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 So I didn't want to lead us too off track. I just had to sound off on those aunties as well. I think a lot about like the doors that don't have like the push bars on one side. So you just never know exactly how they're supposed to open. Oh, period. Yeah. Those make me angry. Like you could have fixed this. And it's so random. Yeah. Like how do you work a door? Yeah. Speaking of badly designed doors, in um, my building, a lot of the doorknobs, like, don't match. So if one of them breaks, it takes, like, literally two weeks for them to find the part. Because there are, like, a dozen different types of doorknobs. And they just don't have them. Because why would you keep track of that? Right. You're just trying to build it quickly. So poorly designed doors. All in my apartment. (laughs) Yeah. All in my apartment. I feel like I notice this a lot at, like, a Panera Bread. Like, I feel like Panera Bread always has, like, the two bar, like, little bars with no indication of which one you're going to be pushing. Like, I hope that the one that they're opening in Harvest's place <laughs> is going to have, like, a nice door. Which, by the way, homophobia that that is opening the day after we graduate. <gasps> Violence. I have a PSA. Oh, please. I, it came to me when we were talking about doors. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think... People need to know about this. I've tweeted about it, but I don't get a lot of engagement on that platform. So I'm going to say it here. In Annenberg, in the female bathroom on the main lobby floor is a mirror that instantly makes you look 20 pounds lighter. If you are having a bad day, please do yourself a favor. Walk into that bathroom. I don't care who you are. Look in that mirror and just feel better. That's my PSA. Okay. I love that. Going Annenberg. Well, thank you, Sage. Thank you, Julia, for coming on in our final episode. Thank you. It's an honor. Yeah. Bye. It's a wonderful way to close. Whatever. Too often in the media industry, even locally, there's always this, we can't find black writers. We can't, you know, where are the Latinx folks? Where are the queer people? And I'm like, we are here. That's Houston native, Ernest Owens. He's a journalist and super passionate about what he does. Actually, it might just be better to hear it from him. I'm an award-winning journalist and CEO of Ernest Media Empire, LLC. I'm 27 years old. I'm a graduate at the University of Pennsylvania where I study communication. I graduated in 2014, and I'm a journalist, and I love writing, and also a media advocate. It's important to me to also make this entrepreneur experience. So I own my work. I own the masters in my work, um, like Rihanna, because I love her. I stand for her heavily. I control my stories. Every piece that I've written professionally are pieces that I have personally chose to write. I've never been forced to write a piece I didn't want to write. Ernest really is all that he says he is. 
He's a writer at large for Philadelphia Magazine, has been published in more publications than I can count on my hands, and has even gotten in direct Twitter beef with Justin Timberlake. But building a brand, a company, and a Twitter persona that even Justin Timberlake can't ignore doesn't happen overnight. In fact, Ernest has been building his brand since the start of his freshman year. I made a class ass of myself. It really showed out, like, went to the parties. I was notorious for having gold leotards, and I wore a gold leotard, iconic. Uh, I was in a different figure then, but I was wearing, I came to the toga party in a gold leotard um, with a zebra print, uh, like, garner to try to match that whole toga oh, thing. game over. It was game over. And some pink flip-flops from Amber Crombie and a gold metallic belt. It's an iconic outfit. It's a pink glasses. And I had, I think, um, a little bit of blush on my cheek, but it was very rad. These were the days. Listen. <laughs> but that was like, listen, that was the talk of the town. You know, who was this 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 really super queer guy? Um, they didn't call it queer. Then they called it other names. We were not politically correct back then. But I was, you know, flamed out. But at that time, you know, what I was doing was disrupting space. Disrupting space. That's the running theme of Ernest's time at Penn. In fact, it didn't just start and end in nightlife and gold leotards. Ernest made his mark in a lot of the organizations and clubs on Penn's campus. As a queer, black, first-generation college student from Houston, Texas, Ernest found himself at odds with a lot of the leadership at Penn. The undergraduate assembly, the Daily Pennsylvania newspaper, and the LGBTQ center on campus, just to name a few. Despite some pressure, Ernest still forged his own path and became a less traditional student leader. You know, for me, it wasn't a black student leader. They couldn't really put me in that bubble. It was more like I was just a student leader. And I spoke about, you know, a lot of the inequities I saw at Penn. One of them was the food plan. And I was at 1920s Commons, and I still know the people there. Shout out to Miss Anita and them. I still stop by and see people at Penn because most has not changed institutionally. But I had swiped in over a thousand people into the dining hall throughout a period of time to make a point about how ridiculous that meal plan was. And also just the issue around hunger. Like, it just didn't make sense that there were kids on in, on campus at a school like this that was struggling with food insecurity. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have the fancy words like food insecurity back then, but we we understood that there was there was an issue with equity. And so I had an unlimited meal plan that was for my um, for financial aid. Because of that, it, sh- it really disrupted the, the campus culture in a way that they changed the meal plan. Yeah, I was like, unlimited meal plans that don't, we don't exist. No, I didn't that get don't one. exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so rather than Penn fix the issue, they actually just just got cheaper and basically more alienating. And, you know, those were moments. And there were people who were on campus playing into the politics, which I didn't recognize the politics around what I call the brown nosers of student government, where they want special grants. They want access. They want certain awards. They want certain little props. And they want to be in senior societies and all that crap. I was in none of that. I, I was, you know, I was not bent on all of that. You know, people wanted to prop me up for those things. But for me, it was about just making an impact in the work. I had studied a lot of the seniors and people that graduated after me and their track. And I said, you know what? That's just too fake. Let's get messy. Let's shake the table. Let's figure this out. I'm going to burn a couple of bridges, but I'm also going to build some new houses and foundations. I'm going to make some history. I'm going to piss some people off, but I'm also going to make a lot of people feel valid. And Ernest did piss a lot of people off. Soon after Ernest made his splash on campus, he became the target of the student press. 
The Daily Pennsylvania and Gossip blog turned satire website under the button published articles attacking Ernest and his student government campaign. Headlines like Slow Your Roll, Ernest Owens, preceded articles that described him as power-hungry, overambitious, eager, and obnoxious. For Ernest, a lot of this targeting was excessive, distasteful, and at times racially charged. In one month of coming to a school, like, like when I put that into retrospect, I didn't have the words to describe how I was feeling. But when you think about it, a black kid from an underserved community comes to a predominantly white campus, doesn't know anyone, feels lonely, and the first month they get to campus, there's already two articles where they're being a subject to bullying online, being scrutinized, being targeted, and being singled out to all of their peers. And they've only been to campus for one month. And I've never seen that kind of direct targeting. And I felt like a lot of it was racial. I felt like a lot of it was homophobic. I felt like a lot of it, even the language of how they described me, what they said about me, and, and how that was like my introduction. And people judged me like I had to fight through a lot of hurdles to fit in. And so I was put in a spotlight very heavy on. And that experience and those experiences prepare me for where I'm at today. But I was always in that light. And I always know I wanted to be somebody important. But I got to, you know, I, I, I was like, you know, Brittany made it. I can make it. You know, <laughs> I made it. You know, I made it to be on the other side. But. I just think about like you bringing that up now just it, it brings me to a place because a lot of people, you know, that I can imagine how many other people if they went through that. Yeah. Definitely if they didn't have the self-confidence. Yeah. And you know, I never got an apology. And interesting enough, I ended up writing for the damn school paper, but that was part of my motivation to do student paper and to do a radio show because I felt like my voice was being defined and I fought back. I fought back by getting my own media, you know, my own voice in media. That drove me. After the break, we'll hear more about Ernest's college radio show, Earnestly Speaking. Hello, friends and foes, fans and bros. Only show where anything goes. That's right, Earnestly Speaking. That's the intro to Earnestly Speaking. It ran for most of Ernest's time at Penn and gave him an outlet to share his thoughts and opinions and most importantly, form his own voice and brand. I was the only host, um, did it for nine seasons for all four years. It was the one thing that was consistent in my life um, while I was in college. And what was great about that show was that I was I was like the only talk show host that was doing conversations about race and dialogue. Mm -hmm. Most of the shows were like bohemian music shows, a bunch of, you know, av avant-garde white hippie kids that just wanted to go on radio and play different music. And that was cool. But I was like, we're missing a talk radio beat. We're missing a beat. We're missing, like, when I think about radio, when I was growing up, you know, I was listening to 97 on The Box and The Mad Hatter, which is still on there in Houston, for those who know. But I was like, what? what where's the talk radio? Where's the radio that's keeping it real? So I, I had that Wendy Williams vibe. <laughs> Touch 
Touch magazine has a big splashy article claiming that Jay-Z is cheating with former reality star and nightclub hostess Casey Cohen. Where is she, uh, the hostess? At One Oak. You, you know One Oak, the nightclub here in Manhattan. Um, Casey denies this, but the word is, is that Jay-Z goes in there twice a month, allegedly, and they allegedly, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> disappear for, you know, the after party, allegedly. That was like my show. I had a Wendy Williams vibe. I, I you know, we, we got into campus gossip. We talked about student government. We had callers. People actually called on my show. We did a lot of stuff. It was salacious, but it was good. <laughs> Even though there's no longer earnestly speaking, there's a bottoms on top that still carries that legacy of queer talk, frank talk, intersectional talk. That's important. And I hope that, you know, when you be, you know, you transition, you know, in, from to being an alum, that you make sure that there's something like that there. That was Ernest Owens. Check out his recent work on ErnestOwens.com. Well, listeners, before we wrap up our last episode of Bottoms on Top ever for Prakash and I, we would just like to announce that the show is not going anywhere. We're inviting two new bottoms onto the show for the next school year, Caroline and Adiel. But Adiel's not here. We just have Caroline. He's a little sick. Hi, Caroline. (laughs) Hi. We are so happy to have you on the show again. Caroline did make an appearance on the episode Country Gays Make Do and talked about her wonderful upbringing in Georgia. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but Caroline will be carrying the legacy of Bottoms on Top next year, and we're so excited that you agreed to do that. It means a lot to us. I'm so honored to do it. I haven't really done anything at Penn, and so to be involved in something that with people that I enjoy being around, I'm really excited to do it. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Your time at Penn, your time not at Penn. I'm a junior nursing at Penn. I'm going to be a senior next year. I'm from Georgia, as we all know. And my involvement in the LGBT community includes. (laughs) 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 So I spend a lot of my time on gay Twitter. And Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. where I feel like most of my language and (laughs) friends come from. (laughs) And um, I like to surround myself with people that have similar interests. So girls and gays. So I feel like I will bring to the show the girl perspective of the gay and girls binary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it'll be really fun. I don't know what else to say. Wow. An elevator pitch. A faggot resume. Right? No, we got our <laughs> rainbow resume ready, girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'll bring, um, I can bring like nursing perspective or like different Southern things too. So, listeners, I mentioned that Adiel is another host coming on next year, but he couldn't be here today. He was a little sick. We'll hear from Adiel a little bit later. I'm going to just go to his house and hear what he has to say about joining Bottoms on Top. Let's ride. Well, listeners, I've caught up with Adiel now that he's back pen side, we can call it. Did you miss me? We missed you so much in the studio. Liar. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here back again. P 
period, uh, Adiel made his debut on Bottoms on Top with our Cruising the Dark Web episode and came on to talk about gay Twitter and everything gay internet. I did, in fact, end up making that FicTok account. It was beautiful. Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> Saranda Mosgrove, oh, actually. Excuse me. We don't want to get copyright infringement. But today, we're here to welcome you on to Bottoms on Top as next year's reigning bottom. Ooh, I'm, I'm just learning this, actually. Wow, thank you. <laughs> I'm so honored. I'll take it. We're so excited to have you on, but Caroline did this in the studio, and we're doing it now. Um, tell us about yourself. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Sure. Give us a rundown. Awesome. So my name is Adiel. Uh, I go by Adi sometimes, but Adi all mainly on the show. Uh, I use he, him, his pronouns. I'm from the God-sun-kissed, God-blessed town of Northeast Philadelphia. Um, lived there for 14 years. Love the place. Um, I do a lot on campus. Uh, too much sometimes. My calendar is a little bit crazy. But I do use Samsung Calendar because I do have an Android device. So that is a fact about me that speaks more to my identity than the Aries Leo uh, horoscope. Just like we did for Caroline, we had her give a little bit of a rainbow resume, maybe give us a little elevator pitch. What do you want to bring to Bottoms on Top? What are you going to tell the gays out there that Prakash and I might not have told them already? Mm, sure. So prior to putting my voice on air, I uh, co-led and still am the co-chair of J Bagel, which is Penn's Jewish and queer organization. Uh, not exclusive to either of those identities, but definitely a lot of our constituent members. And that has been like the most fulfilling work that I've done on campus, aside from being a PAVE educator, which is Penn Anti-Violence Education, essentially doing peer-led workshops on preventing interpersonal violence and how to be an active bystander, um, which has been like really formative in how I uh, engage with the rest of the campus. Uh, but coming to Bottoms on Top, I think I'll be bringing a lot of sass, a lot of ass, and maybe a little bit of class. But we'll we'll see when we get there. Class is a stretch, sweetie. <gasps> <laughs> well, Adio, I should be heading back to the stew to chat more with Caroline. But thanks for jumping on today, and I'm excited to pass a torch to you. Can't wait to fill your size 11s with my size 9s. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to bottoms on top and hearing me for two years hearing Prakash for one year mm. and we hope you keep listening when Caroline and Adiel continue the legacy next year bye Mwah. thank you for listening to bottoms on top with myself Andreas Pablo and me Prakash Mishra we'd like to thank our podcast producer Sam Mitchell and our editor and creative consultant Sammy Gordon the Wexler studio in the Kelly Writers house Julia Score for creating our cover art and Andrew Ellis, who made our theme song. You can find him on SoundCloud as Dummy Fresh. Love y'all. See you next time.